Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 144th week of the Lunch Pill Guys podcast. Everybody's back today. We got all five of us. That's Lucas, White, Aiden, Jared, and myself. Like always, let's just start out with some news that we missed. Um, in the sports memorabilia world, the 1952 Mickey Mantle card sold for a record $12.6 million, which is like the previous record was $7 million or something like that. So it's quite a Whoa. bit more expensive. This was pretty uh, pretty crazy to me that somebody would spend this much money on a baseball card. Yeah, add it to the next to the list of the next um, sports whatever thing we do. I guess we'll all already know the price, mm-hmm. so we can't <laughs> really guess it. But it's <laughs> <laughs> theoretic. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a lot of money to pay. I'll say that. All of this stuff is anonymous, right? I'm assuming. I would assume so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I can't just go find the, the person and break into their house and Nobody steal their Nobody wants to be the idiot who spent $12 million on a <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Car. I'm just kind of wondering how many people in the world are worth over $12.6 I mean, it's a lot mm-hmm. of people, but it's like not, you know. Not that many. <laughs> not that many. Yeah. People in the world are <laughs> worth more than $10 million. I'm Googling Because we're going to find this person. We're going to figure I'm out. I'm willing yeah. to bet it was <laughs> just Drake. It was Drake. <laughs> exactly. Spoilers. It was Drake. I just have a feeling. Okay. About 1.4 million people have a net worth of more than $10 million. So that narrows it down. <laughs> Pretty good. Significantly from somewhere. $8 billion. <laughs> So, you know. Okay, let's divvy them up five ways and start looking. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. I like to believe it was somebody who had a net worth of like 12.7 million. Exactly. <laughs> this is everything. This is... <laughs> Anyways, another news completely changing to the NBA. Uh, Chet, one of the top picks this year, is now out for the whole season because he was playing in a pro am game and suffered a foot injury. By LeBron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dirty player. LeBron. No, I'm just dirty player. <laughs> Pretty bad news, though, for the Thunder. They were going to be exciting. I mean, they're still kind of exciting, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping in the vein of injuries, probably a more important injury, the Ravens mascot tore his ACL. What was it, in a in a halftime game against the youngsters or something like that? It, it precisely. Yeah, <laughs> that's tragic. Yeah, that's terrible. I used to play in a flag football league, uh-huh. and we had, a, we had a couple guys. I'm sorry if you're listening. We had a couple guys who tore their ACL. And I was always like, damn, I don't want to be the guy who is out of high school, not playing college sports, and I just tore my ACL in a flag football game. <laughs> so just to yeah. be the mascot, I feel for you, but he's living my worst nightmare. <laughs> also, like, uh, this is, you know, I hope he recovers okay, but the image of, you know, the smiling mascot. Yeah. Face, <laughs> Did he take his gear field. off? No, it's he kept it on. No, it was hot. <laughs> I would keep it on too on. if I were <laughs> if I were him too. I would keep it on. I don't want to look. Yeah, that'd be kind of me hurting at that point. Yeah, <laughs> he get juked out or something. I hope yeah, so. or, I don't know what did happens. He get up like 
Did he get stretched off? Yeah, yeah, he got stretched off. Got off. And so he's just sitting there with the smiling raven face. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I respect the the hustle. Just keeping on the costume at that point. <laughs> right, but. right. There's probably something in his contract that says you literally cannot take your helmet <laughs> off. Terry ACL, who cares? Yeah. It stays on. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. They posted a the Ravens posted a picture that says Poe took some damage, uh, but he's recovering. And it's him with an ice bag over his knee. <laughs> I didn't realize his name is Poe. That's fun. Yeah, that's a great name. Yeah, that's perfect. I know, I know. Well done, Ravens. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, okay. Next up, speaking of staying on, Jimmy G stays on the 49ers. He now is literally labeled as the highest paid backup in the league, which is outrageous. <laughs> what a title. What's so funny about it? I'm reading his injury. I'm reading his injury update. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Do you want to share with the class? Yeah, right. yeah. What, uh, what is he, it? Yeah. He got tackled by like a nine year old, and then he laid on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, he, it says after getting tackled to the ground, he laid on the field for several moments, uh, in front of confused onlookers. <laughs> and then there's a video of him getting it's not even like a hard hit it's just i don't know the image of a nine-year-old just completely wiping you out of a game that kid's going deep one at least yeah i know right he's on the radar wait it was a tackle football game yeah okay against against kids it was a youth football game (laughs) (laughs) poor guy oh sorry yeah oh that was that was good um last but not least more Tom Brady news, um, like every week. He was asked about why he had a little bit of a hiatus, and he said, I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of expletive going on. Do we think that's fair? What does that even mean? I don't know what that means. Like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, what does that mean? He gets the people <laughs> He's got a family. Exactly. He's got a aging family. Not aging. Doesn't everybody have Growing family. family. <laughs> yeah, his kids are probably a lot older, though, than... The re- your average NFL player, you know. I'm googling it right now. Th- he's no, got recitals like to attend. He's got recitals to attend. His kids are like he's 15 got, years old for a week his, straight. His kids are 15, 12, and nine. Yeah. But most pe- most players have kids that are infants. Like when they go out on the field, it's like at best Drew. It was Drew Brees was like the next closest guy to have kids that were not six years old and younger. Mm-hmm. But. <clears throat> Tom Brady did not look like a guy who was rejuvenated after like 12 days off. He, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he did tired and like disheveled in that interview. He just didn't, I didn't get a spry, young, fresh, new Tom Brady. Like the classic quote that football players always give, like my body will tell me when it's time to be done. <laughs> His body is definitely telling him that. <laughs> also, everyone's speculating whether or not he had plastic surgery. What? I saw that too. Hmm. He just looked like it. Interesting. Just say that. His face looks skinny. Maybe he just lost a, a lot of face weight in the offseason. Yeah. <clears throat> can I add? Can I add another thing to the news we missed really quickly? Did Did anybody else see Desmond Howard's uh, top four college football playoff? Oh, it was terrible. It was <laughs> yes, awful. I did. It was awful. It was right Pitt, Pitt Texas A yeah. and M. Yes. Michigan and Baylor. And who yeah. else was in there? Michigan and Baylor with the with the Aggies and Wolverines in the national title game. I mean, whatever. I saw a bunch of... Homer picks of all Homer picks. Yeah, exactly. There was this super... I don't know why I thought it was super funny in the moment. That quote from Billy Madison 
uh, when he's like, what you just said is the most insanely idiotic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> At no point did you even approach a rational thought or whatever. Oh, my God, did it? Absolutely just cracked me up. Yeah. How much is Pitt paying him? The the Pitt lobby is really... Exactly. And I guess the <laughs> lobby really paying him. Well, with that, I think we can dive in to our first segment. We got some NFL talk to kick things off, specifically... Classic Cowboys talk for you. You know how much we love talking about the Cowboys. Their all-pro left tackle Tyron Smith recently suffered a torn torn hamstring in practice. He's out indefinitely. Um, The Jared claims that the Cowboys' demise can potentially be traced back to the Dak commercial that came out recently. (laughs) Are the Cowboys doomed this year is the question. Wyatt, what do you think? Are the Cowboys a playoff team or not this season? Of course not. Of course they aren't a playoff team this season. I thought last year they caught lightning in a bottle. They had a very strong 12-5 and record last season. Mm. But it's mainly due because they were the best team in a very weak NFC East. And they went 6-0 in the division. <clears throat> Anything else outside of that, they went 6-5 and in the remaining games. We all know how the Cowboys have struggled against teams who finished above 500 either the year before or, durantly, or currently in that year, last year. And the division itself got stronger. And I'm not predicting that, like, the Giants or the Washington Commanders are all of a sudden going to sweep the the Cowboys. But their easy season definitely got a little bit longer. The Giants got better. They had a really good free agency. They had a really good draft. The Commanders got a new name. They have a new quarterback. They're fresh. And the Eagles by far got substantially better. And I think that they're going to be the team that ends up winning that division as well. So for the Cowboys, as far as their easy path to the playoffs, it's gone. And their season got a lot longer with a handful of more difficult games in the middle. And despite like what we thought on what the eyeball test was a really good defense, they still were 20th in yards allowed last season. And their only really saving grace was that Trayvon Digg caught 11 interceptions. And I don't believe Trayvon Digg is going to catch another, another 11 interceptions next season. And just... To top it all off, this is something that I have been harping on for the Cowboys the last two years. Jerry Jones <laughs> is a very emotional capologist. He pays his guys. He paid Zeke a lot of money. He paid Dak a huge contract. And he paid Amari Cooper a lot of money a couple years ago. And that thought process now has cost them a handful of key contributors like Amari Cooper because they either had to keep the, the Zeke contract um, they couldn't get rid of the Dak contract and they had to move on from Amari Cooper. They lost Lyle Collins because of their cap space. They lost Randy Gregory because of some emotional things that Jerry Jones has done in the cap space. And then now the guys that are remaining on, like Tyron Smith, they're gone. I mean, it, he is an aging player at his size that is gonna, it's not exactly going to be a speedy recovery for what is a major injury. And now you're asking the dumbest coach in the NFL to guide the ship for a team that does not have a whole lot of talent because they're, they're, even their number two wide receiver, Michael Gallup, is still recovering from an AS, ACL injury. So where, where, is, where are the wins going to come from? I don't believe in Dak as an elevator. I don't believe in Zeke as a key contributor. I don't believe Mike McCarthy as a leader. And I don't believe in any of their other talent positions outside of Micah Parsons to actually excel in any category uh, that will make a major difference for them. Okay, well, first off, 
if Trayvon Diggs, you forgot why that Carson Wentz is in this division. So there's four interceptions for Trayvon <laughs> Diggs right there. <laughs> uh, okay, their path did get a lot harder, but I think they still play in a dumpster fire of a division, and they get to play those teams six times. And all you have to do is beat out the rest of them. You don't need to, you don't need to be the twelve and five Cowboys that you were last year. You just need to beat out beat out the rest of them. And yes, the Eagles did get better, but if I'm picking between Dak and Jalen Hurts. I'm picking Dak. Dak. Dak has thrown that he's a very capable thrower of the football. Where with Jalen Hurts, I'm definitely rooting for him. He's not proven that yet. And even with those weapons, right? And I think Dak, I actually do think Dak Prescott is going to be an elevator this year with what he's got. And CD, I think CD Lamb is going to have a pretty good year being the number one now. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think necessarily that Dak's going to be an elevator this year. I think because they're going to have such struggles with their offensive line. Like, I think at this point, like, Zach Martin is sort of the only really solid piece they have on that line, and so Dak is just going to be under a lot of pressure all the time. Add that in with Tyler Smith, who's going to have to play as a rookie this season, too, who is not, like, the most highly touted prospect coming out of college either. I think he'll struggle initially, too. So I have doubts that, like, for all Dak's benefits, he can really be an elevator just because I feel like he's going to be under a lot of pressure this season. Jared, you stopped at just Dak Prescott when you compared the Eagles. But look at the rest of the roster. Take out the Dak Prescott-Jalen Hurts thing. I agree Dak Prescott is a better quarterback. Where do they beat the Eagles in any other category? It's not in it's not in the defensive back. It's not on the defensive line. Takeaways. I don't think it's the offensive weapons. Not the offensive weapons, so, no. Tony Pollard's not so, a slouch though. Like nobody's mentioned him no, yet. But, he's pretty good. But it's Tony Pollard and C D Lamb. And that's probably about it. And Tony Pollard isn't even a starter. Yeah, he knows. I mean they share time. Him and Zeke share time. I feel like you're underrating their defense a little bit. Yeah, you definitely are. They had the the (laughs) freaking defensive rookie of the year, potential Mm -hmm. player of the year in Micah Parsons last year. Well, he he did give Micah his – no, because, like, I'm I'm saying they were third best in EPA last year, which is remarkable. I think the 20th yards per game thing is kind of fluky. I agree with you that Trevon Diggs is not going to get that many interceptions, but he was not, like, the only reliable player on that defense last year, you know? And so – they, they they lost Randy Gregory this last season, and that's basically it in terms of defensive talent. He was so the like, second leader in sacks last season. Yeah, but he they was drafted a big deal. Uh, they drafted what's his face Sam Williams, who's looking electric in the preseason. <laughs> Obviously, a rookie is going to be as good as he like was. <laughs> oh, I just I agree their offense is going to take a step back, but the defense at least should still be there. So and it's bend don't break. Don't if you take away the ball, who cares how many yards you gave up? Also, they're not going to take away the ball. Also, <laughs> another another point. The sack, uh, Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott's highest sack season was 2018 with 56 sacks. They still went 10 and six. So I'm not convinced. The There's no way he had 56 sacks. Yes, he did. Look it up right now. I'm on. He doesn't play defense. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, do you know how many sacks per game that would be? I think that's what, like four and a half sacks a game? Impossible. He'd be Impossible. really good on defense. Yeah, he's great he'd on defense. He'd be really good on defense. He'd be the greatest defender of all time. <laughs> so I'm not convinced that the offensive line is a problem. They still went 10 and six that year. With a with apparently bad offensive line play, I mean he's one hit away from getting injured for the season again. Every one every Jordan coach Davis is exactly not every coach, every away player from mm-hmm. yeah. right, but a, a good offensive line makes it harder. <laughs> I don't know. Every piece that they've leaned on, though, I mean the offensive line has been a a cornerstone for the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't think that they're a team that can overcome that. Yeah, yeah, Mike McCarthy, come on, come on. This is a Sean Payton. It's no. a, if they lose, it's a Sean Payton tank year. If they do well, then <laughs> Super Bowl or bust. <laughs> Sportsbooks have them at 10.5 wins. Oh, yeah. Our Vegas Insider specifically, which was tied for third best. Under, I'm taking it. Interesting, under. right? <laughs> third the best? 
Well, yeah, I mean, there's like it's 20 teams yeah. that are at that, but yeah. It's oh, a product okay. of the division, though. Yeah. As we've mentioned. They play them six times. Okay. There's well, six wins. What are the Eagles at, Bart? I no longer have the link handy, but <laughs> that is okay. <laughs> I, can look. I mean, I think the Eagles are probably the favorites in the division, though, right? They plugged all they their holes. The I don't, I don't know about that. I don't think they nine are. and a half actually, so one win worse. The Eagles improved, and that's why they're like the trendy, like favorite pick of the division. But I still don't think they're better than the Cowboys. Why not? Because of Dak. I'm not even joking. <laughs> quarterback play. Quarterback play is a huge part of this league. And I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure Jalen Hurts. I'm like I said. I'm rooting for him. I'm not sure he has proven. He hasn't proven that yet. What do you expect out of Jalen Hurts this year, Lucas? I think somewhat improvement. Like I think he will improve as a passer. Like I don't think the team is so good around. The team has like very few holes at this point. I feel like the way that they've improved this offseason. <clears throat> I don't think he needs to be crazy good in order for them to be a very good football team. So as long as he can like up the completion percentage a little bit, get the ball downfield. Like I'm okay with that, and his like his wideouts improved a lot too. I think that's something that's like looked over a lot with the Eagles is that like their wide receiver core for most of Jalen Hurts' time there has been horrific, and so like lots of drop passes, mm-hmm. all that. So I think adding AJ Brown this off season two really helps with that as well. So I think he'll be, I think he'll improve, and I think he'll be good enough for them to win the division. I feel like in that situation though, where you need your quarterback to, quarterback to be like good enough to win the division, you need like a mastermind play caller. Which I'm not sure Nick Sirianni is. He's not. He's definitely not Kyle Shanahan, which he did with Jimmy G, and he's not Sean McVay, which he did with Jared Goff, right? He's only had one year. Yeah, but know. we knew we I knew like pretty, pretty quickly, I think, with McVay and and Shanahan. Yeah, he was a pretty he was a pretty effective play caller last season. Though, like he like switched it up a ton like mid last season when like the passing game wasn't working because the receivers were playing terrible and Hurts was struggling, and they turned it around and like made the playoffs because he like fit the offense best to the team's needs. So, like, I think Sirianni's a decent play caller. It'll be put to the test. <laughs> I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts until he plays Dallas. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on, does anybody have any other thoughts about the commercial <laughs> specifically? I feel why, like why, would Dak, why would Dak do that commercial? He obviously had to agree to it. He's For those who haven't Money. seen it, it's a direct TV commercial, Money. those ones where they do the little... Uh, like Real Housewives or whatever it is in football, Real Housewives mm. football, and he gets tackled. He gets tackled by one of the housewives. He flips over his table in, in in frustration. His 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 wide receiver is probably CD. I don't even remember who it was. <laughs> gets pass interfered first off. That was a way too early hit. Uh, I don't know why. Why is why is Dak doing this commercial? That's my question. He just got paid. He's money man. hungry. He just got paid. No, you don't need to do this commercial. <laughs> You could always have more money, Jared. Right. How else? Who else is gonna buy the Mickey Mantle? Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> he uh, expected the commercial to just happen and then be forgotten about. He didn't expect the Lunch Pail Guys podcast to devote this much to really, attention. It's exactly. really dig deep. I mean, it's not gonna be like, forgotten if, if you play it like five times <laughs> per game. Like it's, it probably airs like true. five times during the course of a baseball game but like i feel like direct tv just told dak you need to be there one day for filming or like four (laughs) hours for filming and would pay him a ton of money and he was like sure you know what's it it's his best commercial so what's my reputation you know look what happened to baker is all i'm saying he got ousted (laughs) comfortably won the starting spot you mean oh that's no that's a direct correlation between yeah exactly yeah what commercials have sam darnold sam darnold been in yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> it would have been in a commercial. Sad maybe, commercials. Maybe that is, right oof. Yeah, local, like, I don't know, landscaping or... <laughs> Olympic sport landscaping. He can be a commercial for like waste management. <laughs> exactly for landscaping. <laughs> waste management. Oh. <laughs> um, all right, all right. I think that's enough Cowboys talk. Let's <laughs> let's move on to some college football. Um, as Wyatt is acutely aware, this is a Notre Dame podcast, so of course we have to preview the season. Obviously, Notre Dame takes on Ohio State this Saturday, so that's going to be a great game. So we want to just preview the season, make some predictions, talk about uh, potential thoughts, things like that. So each of us is going to run through one specific prediction. I'll start. I'm going to talk about the MVP this season. and I don't think my answer is groundbreaking in any way. A lot of people are saying Tyler Buckner for this. I don't think so. I'm not convinced that he's even going to start the whole season, right? Like Drew Pine could easily come in and slide. So I don't think... Buckner is a safe bet for MVP. I'm saying it's Michael Mayer, oh, yeah. which, like I said, is not groundbreaking, but I think it does actually make a lot of sense. Because, um, like, I mean, he's he's considered by many to be the best tight end in the country, right? He's, like, uh-huh. the bona fide number one. Uh, he's a do-it-all guy, and this that's part of why. Because, like, he, you know, he's a really good route runner. You can line him up anywhere. He can block well. He's, like, he's got, like, really strong – he's strong, and he's got great balance for his size, so he's a mismatch. So he's, like – a bit of a safety blanket for the offense, I feel like. And especially in the game against Ohio State, for instance, where Buckner might be frazzled and he's going to be getting hit a lot and stuff, I think it'll be valuable to have a guy like Michael Mayer that you can always rely on. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I wanted to say is that, like, his numbers last year were really solid. I think he broke the Notre Dame tight end records for touchdowns, yards, and receptions. This season, his numbers will most likely be worse because every defense is going to key on in, in on him and him specifically. Mm-hmm. But that's another reason why I think he can serve as an MVP because literally just by having all that attention, he's going to open mm-hmm. up opportunities for other guys yeah. like Lorenzo Styles. Mm-hmm. He'll let Tommy Reese draw up some creative like you know schemes, play calls, whatever. So I think Mayer's numbers might not be great, but he will definitely be, I think, the, the MVP, at least for the offensive side of the ball this season. So mm-hmm. that's my answer. That's what I would have said as well. Mm-hmm. Or Fosky. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or Fosky. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. that was my other consideration. Jared, who do you who do you think is going to be the breakout star this season? It's a good segue, actually. Um, how you were talking about opportunities being open up for somebody else, which I think is going to be the wide receiver room. Is no secret coming into this year that we were kind of thin there, and then Avery Davis suffered a season another mm-hmm. season-ending ACL injury, and. This is a trendy pick on the podcast, but I don't know about nationally. I think it's Tobias Merriweather. I'm not even joking. Vancouver native, but I think he is really po- <laughs> I think he is poised for a breakout year. Like so, Pete Pete Sampson's the Athletics Notre Dame like correspondent. He said Merriweather was like far and away the freshman who impressed the most during summer workouts. Really high football IQ, and like I said, if they're going to be keen in on Michael Mayer, and then Avery Davis isn't going to be healthy anymore, they only have five fully healthy scholarship wide receivers. So he's guaranteed to get touches. And if you start doing good early in the season, then they're going to keep going to you, keep going to you. So I'm really excited to see how that works out. And I feel like if you're a good receiver, like you can adjust to that get to the college game pretty quickly. It seems like um, from what I've seen, I also do want to quickly nominate cornerback Jaden Mickey. He's competing with Cam Hart, Clarence Lewis, uh, Tariq Bracey, um, kind of to be in that rotation. He he might not be the Cam Hart, Clarence Lewis, like there's the dedicated corners, but Tariq Bracey, maybe he like swaps in every while well as if they do a nickel or dime package or something like that. He's a, parent, he's a freshman four-star prospect that's having a really good camp as well. And like athletes on the perimeter, I feel like is like 
the position group we need to elevate the most to close the gap between us and Bama. Like, I feel like physic physically, like on the line, we're pretty close, if not like there. But like wide receiver and corners, I'm not sure if we are there. So I'm gonna be really interested to see both those guys this year. Lorenzo Styles, you mentioned too. I think he's gonna have a good year too. But he was a little more trendy, so I stayed away. Yeah. Bias Merriweather was not listed on Notre Dame's depth chart versus Ohio State. He'll be in there. Which is interesting. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, they don't have anybody else to go to. I don't know who else we're going to go to. I mean, there are, there are six wide receivers alone listed on the depth chart, so, you know. None of them are from Vancouver. Yeah, they're not. not Vancouver bias, yeah. That, yeah. That's true. Vancouver that's bias. True. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, moving on. Aiden, who do you think is the player with the biggest NIL potential this year? Yeah. Yeah, and this is not original and aligns with the MVP choice, but I feel like it's pretty clearly Michael Mayer, mm. um, even more so than the MVP choice for me, at least, uh, because despite the fact you like he's obviously going to be a key player this year, he was last year, um, but even on, on on three, a recruiting site has Mayer at number 17 in their rankings of college football NIL valuation. He's worth <laughs> apparently 850000 right now. Oh, my god! I think that's okay. a made-up stat, but <laughs> who knows how they you got to that know. number. Um, but he's got, like, you know, the baby Gronk nickname. I feel like there's a lot of possibility uh, for, you know, putting him in commercials, making some money off of his name. I'm really waiting for that Gronk, like actual Gronk and Mayer collaboration uh, where, you know, mm-hmm. Gronk pushes Mayer around in a baby carriage for, I don't know what this ad is for, but Subway. Uh, <laughs> luxury some... stroller company. <laughs> Subway. Uh, but, <laughs> Subway, exactly. That's who, that's who Gronk yeah, is always, always for Subway. Or USAA, I guess that's the other one. Oh, yeah, there you go. Gronk mm. does. Um, USAA would be perfect, military connections, like. That's perfect. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's got some uncle or grandpa who is military associated. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so I, I think Mayer is the pretty clear choice here. Um, in terms of other options, I thought like Foskey obviously is has some hype. He's uh, number 36 in on three's NIL valuations. I thought an interesting one that showed up on that list was Joe Alt, uh, who is a uh, tackle. He's a sophomore. He's young. But apparently, like the Notre Dame O line just signed a pretty lucrative deal with Mission Barbecue, which is a yeah. national company that has a Mishawaka mm-hmm. location and is, you know, partnering oh. with the ND O line. So I think it's like the ND O line, I feel like, is a more visible group than more like most other O lines. Typically, you don't know if it's an alignment, but I feel like the ND O line is kind of iconic. So I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. Um, so he, yeah. He's listed above Jared Patterson. That, that surprises me. I mean, Patterson's like an all-American, right? Who is Joe Alt? Yep, exactly. I know. And again, (laughs) the methodology here is suspect potentially, but (laughs) apparently this was worth something for for Joe Alt's following. Um, And and yeah, the the other one that I was thinking of, and we've mentioned him already, but Lorenzo Styles. He's got a good last name for advertising. You know, it's it's catchy. Um, And if he really has a breakout year, I feel like he could be worth something. Um, But but yeah. No, no NIL uh, name will ever beat DeColdis Crawford, who plays for Nebraska, sponsoring AC companies in Nebraska, too. <laughs> I don't know. Bajon Robinson's pretty yeah, good, too, with a Dijon mustard. That's yeah, true. Both of those are pretty though. stellar. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and to be. Um, moving on though, Wyatt, let's talk about games, uh, instead of players who, which game I should say, do you think has the biggest upset potential for Notre Dame this year? Marshall. Please don't say Ohio State. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Not Marshall. 
Well, you know, the, 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 the upset could change, let's say, down the road, Notre Dame versus Clemson if they end up switching rankings. But as of what it looks like right now, I would actually probably pick BYU. And it's not, one, because they're displaying the most, uh, the worst uniforms in college football on that game. But two, uh, BYU's quarterback, Jaron Hall, actually has a little bit of buzz to his name. Uh, he doesn't exactly have eye-popping stats. He threw for 258 yards per game. He threw 20 t- touchdowns, five interceptions. He completed 64% of his passes. And he was named, he got a lot of like independent quarterback of the year type awards, first team awards. And he's got a little bit of a, a Zach Wilson type of college vibe to him. Utah guy, plays in Utah. So he's only 6'1", um, but he is lively. And he might be able to be a guy who can like actually beat you in a game if it comes down to it. I wonder if he has any other of Zach Wilson's traits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how are his? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who is he in a relationship currently with? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good choice, though. I think BYU is like a sneaky good team that could like beat Notre Dame as well. Yeah. So they're not yeah. even sneaky; they're I, I, ranked, aren't they? That's aren't they like they're ranked twenty fifth. They're on the verge of of being out. of being sneaky. Once they beat Baylor, they'll go up to like fifteen and Oregon. They'll be in the top ten by the time we play them. Shoot, <laughs> <laughs> they'll be ranked above you. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, well, not. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully not. Maybe. Yeah. Um. Last but not least, Lucas, let's talk about Marcus Freeman. Which previous Notre Dame coach do you think is the best comp for Marcus Freeman? So I w- in my research, I like discovered a whole new story um, that I only vaguely knew about before. So he won't be the worst case- coach in Notre Dame history because he won't be George O'Leary, who was hired in 2001 but was fired five days later because he lied on his resume. Um, he said he played for the University of New Hampshire football Turns out that wasn't real. And he said he got a master's from NYU Stony Brook, which is not a real college. What? And so, what? yeah, so he was, like, hired and fired within five days. So Freeman has already surpassed that. I think I'll do, like, an upside, a downside, and, like, a realistic cop. I think his upside is probably Lou Holtz, uh, where he'll put together a team that competes year in and year out and squeaks out one national title. I don't think Freeman has more than one national title in him. Neither did Lou Holtz, but I think that that's sort of a comparison that you can make because the recruiting is just as good. He, the culture is just as good, and so I think that could work. I think the floor is probably Charlie Weiss. I don't think um, that Freeman is going to be bad in the first couple of years just because like, the roster is so good around him, and he's recruiting really well. That's what Charlie Weiss kind of was. He was decent in his first couple of years um, and then sort of fell off. I can see that happening with Freeman maybe just because of his inexperience as a head coach. Um and so I think that, you know, it could happen where he just is inexperienced. He doesn't have the talent anymore because, like, things have started to go down. And he just leaves after four or five years. I think the most likely comp in terms of, like, previous Notre Dame coaches, though, is Brian Kelly, um, his predecessor. I think he has a similar type of vibe where he's, like, he'll be a good coach because he puts together competitive rosters. But, like, Notre Dame just, like, won't quite push over the edge to a national championship. Um, I think it's, like... Notre Dame is just still too far behind the Bamas and the Clemsons and the Ohio States of the world at this point. And I'm not convinced yet. I haven't seen it yet that Freeman could get them there. I do think, though, that like everything about him has shown that he's going to be a good coach who at least keep them competitive. So I think Brian Kelly is actually the most accurate comparison here. What about Newt Rockney? 
A little, a little excessive, oh, okay. <laughs> but hey. All right, fine. I appreciate you. How about that one? Mm. <laughs> Frankly, optimistic. I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's let's all do a quick rapid fire record predictions. If you if you have any other takes, feel free to drop those as well. Uh, does anybody want to start? Yes, <laughs> I do. Okay. So at the end of the day, we're still returning 15 starters. Like, there's a lot of continuity on this team. Mm-hmm. And yes, the biggest question mark is going to be Tyler Buckner. Like for all the reps he got last year, he only threw the uh, threw the ball thirty five times last year. That's like a game, so mm-hmm. that's that's pretty mm-hmm. worrying. Uh, the Vegas over under last I saw at least was eight and a half wins. I think we're way over that, or not way over. We're easily mm-hmm. oh, at least like at least nine. I would I would not see us under eight, like eight or under. I I do not see that at all. Like Ohio State and Clemson, definitely worried about, but. I don't know. I think just give Freeman a bit of a grace period. Like Ohio State, let's be honest, is probably going to be a loss. But I'm still going to be rooting, uh, watching and rooting for us to win that game. But, um, yeah, I think definitely over eight and a half wins. For sure. So I'm going to say I'm gonna say ten wins. I think Ohio State and Clemson are I think losses. I think you barely squeak out over eight and a half. I think it's nine of three. I think probably dropping two of four to Ohio State, Clemson, BYU, and USC – probably split those games and then i think there's just gonna be some one weird random loss in there mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. like like a boston college or yeah. a cal or something like, like i think just like one of the i, I honestly think boston college is most likely on phil Dracovic's yeah. like revenge tour he apparently has gone on a war path recently being like brian kelly lied to my family <laughs> so i could see him wanting to like really turn transfer the sec there. then <laughs> phil <laughs> Lucas, I had Phil Jurgovich revenge tour in my notes. So. <laughs> I had that exact same exact same phrase too. So I, yeah, I, I think five, I think nine mm. nine and three, good year but not great. I think that was your prediction last year too, though. So we'll see. Yeah, consistently pessimist pessimistic. <laughs> I'm going with you, Jared. No, I'm saying ten and two. I think they're gonna win at least one of the Clemson, Ohio State. BYU USC games I think they could win up to three of those and I think it's possible that they'll have some random loss along the way it really all depends on Buckner though it's Mm -hmm. they could very well end up not being very good if the Buckner and potentially pine combo does not work but I'm a pessimist I guess I my mentality is predict something low and then when they beat it that's great I think eight and four honestly would not Mm -hmm. would not shock me at all I definitely think the, the, the teams that we've been saying are pretty much losses, uh, Clemson, Ohio State, and USC, you mentioned, Jared, I think are all pretty much guaranteed losses. Guaranteed. Going to be growing pains. Growing pains for Marcus The Freeman. USC. Yeah, I don't the know. The first two that. for sure. I, okay, well, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Likely, let's say. I don't even think and then, likely. Like Lucas we'll was saying, favored in that game. Uh, Sorry, Bart. I mean, how many times has Notre Dame has never lost in a favored game? Also, no, that. No, hold on. <laughs> Actually, we've in our last forty-one games, we've won forty of them when we were favored. And in the, really? Yeah, yeah. Brian Kelly only lost. Yeah, I think that's Brian true, Kelly yeah. only lost one game where he wasn't favored. And forty-one is kind of a random number, but that's the stat I got. But I ask you again: Is Marcus Freeman a known commodity at all? He's not. But no, that's what we're. Think about me. the first half of the Fiesta Bowl. Just think about that. And then forget <laughs> the second. And half. just erase the second half out of your memory. Yeah, I guess we'll see. But yeah, I feel like the the BYU game, the Boston College game, even like Stanford wouldn't surprise me if we no. we'd like to have a little random. Stanford's gonna know. be like three and nine this year. All right, let's let's we'll come back year, to right? we'll come <laughs> back to this recording, Jared, at the end of the season. We will. 
Okay, last but not least, Wyatt, what do you think? One and 11, two oh. and 10. No, I think I had eight and four as well. <laughs> Who's the win? Yeah. <laughs> UNLB. <Marshall>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start off with a win and then losses from there. I think, I, I think that Notre Dame, USC, and Clemson are losses. And I think that you might just drop one to whether Boston College or BYU. But it's just because I love Boston College for no reason. Blue collar. Blue collar. Because they always have good DBs. Is blue collar? It's like the most expensive school in the nation. (laughs) Yeah, but they... (laughs) Is it? I didn't realize that. I thought it was, yeah. I think that's that's probably at least close to being true. (laughs) Yeah. Boston College tuition is, yeah, more than Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Um, Pretty crazy. Doesn't matter. (laughs) You work for that tuition. They always have good DBs, though. I I always appreciate their... uh, Defensive mentality. Well, speaking of things that actually are blue collar, I think that will wrap up the show for today because this podcast right here, it's the bluest collar one out there. <laughs> Make sure you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud, and on Spotify. Rate us five stars there. We appreciate it. We love it. Um, follow us on all our social media at underscore lunchpail guys. Uh, we're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We are on Twitter. And we might someday soon be on Facebook. Stay tuned. <laughs> And other things you should stay tuned for our next episode this next later this week. So make sure you're listening and we'll see you then.